0: This is a Hof Studios podcast.
1: So I'm here with Giselle. Thank you so much for joining me and spending time with me on my podcast. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Um, You are an intuitive life and health coach. I have known you, I think it's been over seven, eight years. Um and I just have really been inspired by your journey. I love watching you grow and evolve. And truly, I've been I mean, I think that you are probably one of the biggest influences from a distance. A very it's not like we had this intimate relationship, but just really watching you evolve your brand, La Vida Organica, and sharing your content. It was probably one of the inspirations that led me to going to health. I went, I did a life coaching and health coaching school. Um, I think probably inspired by you. So I'm really excited to, to have this combo. Um, you're welcome. (laughs) So tell me, so the podcast is called Rebellion Reinvention and, I want to know what caused this evolution in you to make you say, I'm going to share this lifestyle with the world and what inspired that lifestyle within you?
0: Yeah. So this lifestyle, obviously it started, I think it started more like, started like nine, nine years ago, a little bit, a little bit over nine years ago. And um, it evolves, right? So whatever happened nine years ago, I'm still learning and I'm still evolving. But I think one of the things that made me say no more, it was because I was done feeling like shit, you know, mm-hmm. I was, I was done. I was just going out so much, you know, getting, getting wasted, waking up hung over, alcohol was literally making me really depressed, you know, like nowadays, I'm very conscious when I drink, because I know if I'm not in a good state, or like, but in a really good state, I I could like feel like, you know, I could have those effects. So one thing led to another. And I was working at this company selling construction equipment. Wow. And uh, I know, (laughs) it was a lot of like, male energy but like toxic male energy that people were trying to sell there was always like this toxic competition and other things and i just decided that i didn't want to be there so i was still in my journey like i graduated from marketing advertising and i was in this journey of finding what is it that i wanted to do because marketing when you say marketing you you hear sales sell sell and i was just experimenting so i went to retail And I was there for a year and I realized that that's not something that I wanted to do. And uh, one day my former boss called me um, and he's like, hey, we want you back. Like so many things have changed here. And I was just like, "Mm, no, thank you. And he's like, yeah, me and my wife are, are raw vegan. And we have like this raw vegan program here for all employees as well. We have seen how the sales have gone up how everybody's more focused, like this, just like that you're going to feel a more peaceful environment. Wow. And I don't know. There, there is something here that, that told me like, go, go and try it out. Not even to sell construction equipment. I really didn't want it to do that, but I just went there because something here, like my intuition was telling me just go, what is it that you have to lose? You you don't like where you're working now. So, you know, and Mm -hmm. you need a job. So I went there, even though I, I had to drive one hour over there and one hour back. And the first week that I was in that program, it just, it just blew my mind. I just felt so good. I remember I was smoking at a time at that time I stopped smoking, I stopped drinking. For, I can't even imagine you, know, you having a, a
1: cigarette in your hand.
0: <laughs> I know, and, and, and you know, it was like, I would go out and like, I used to smoke cigarettes. Sometimes, you know, I would wake up and with my coffee, cig- like it was like, I just can't think of it right now. I, I don't like the smell anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but having that juice when I got there, it, just thinking, you know, I had to wake up at six, then drive, like being in my car at seven, be there at eight, but just thinking of the juice that was waiting in the fridge, you know, like when I opened, like in the kitchen, I just, I was so motivated to go just for that. And I started sharing my journey. I just started sharing my journey because I was really, really like humbly feeling really good. And I wanted to share that. Hmm. And it was kind of like this thing, like like who drinks a carrot juice? Who drinks a celery juice? You know, mm-hmm. and and I know especially like, like ten now, years everybody... ago, exactly ten years ago. So, and that's that's how I started, you know, evolving. And even in that change, the good that I was feeling, I actually met somebody, and I got into a relationship with that person. And it was a really, I'm gonna say the word toxic because it was really toxic. But nowadays, I know that. Any person that comes to your life as a teacher, Mm -hmm. but I was so insecure in that relationship. I was just, I was just not valuing myself. And obviously that person was not valuing me. My self-love was to the ground. I already started the health coach program Mm -hmm. and I started like coaching him and he wasn't doing anything. And then I realized it just came to me, Shit. All this work is for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What am I still doing here? And that's when a lot of things, you know, started shifting. It, yeah. it was just kind of like one of those things. And I I called my mom and I told her, Mom, I'm done with this relationship. Come here, help me pack. I'm out of here. <laughs> so I stayed with my mom for a little bit until I got like my shit together. And, and you know, and, and the growth just... It just happens every day. So many things. Yeah. But that's that was kind of like the turning point, like the real thing, you know? Because I was all yeah. my twenties, I was in this, uh, in this victim mode, victim mode, victim mode, and when you realize that nobody's gonna fucking save you, you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I need to to do this for me. Nobody's mm-hmm. coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah.
1: I re- resonate so much with that. I mean, when I'm Met you. I was working at Pub Belly, and um, I was bartending, and so I was drinking every night, going out. It was such a lifestyle in that industry, and it was totally normalized. I mean, I would binge drink, often black out, wake up totally hungover, eat like shit, repeat three to five times a week, and yeah. that was. I had a big awakening during that time period. I um, I don't know what. Ex- oh, you know what it was? There was an. <laughs> I'm very highly influenced. Apparently, uh, there's a. <laughs> aren't we all though? There's a woman named Laura Sakura who is an amazing yogi, and she's a mom. She was like 32 at the time, and she amassed a million followers on Instagram and could do all these acrobatic, amazing things. And she taught workshops all over the country and all over the world. And um, I woke up one morning, I scrounged up every quarter and change that I could find because I would spend all my money that I earned on I don't know what I was making $80,000 plus a year. And it was like, I never had any money. And, um, And I bought a Groupon for yoga, like a 30 day yoga pass at a stu- at the Ashtanga studio. And I walked in and I give them, you know, my coupon voucher. And, and they were like, if you do this, you have to commit to coming to at least 28 days out of the next 30, because to practice Ashtanga is a real commitment. It's not just a drop-in class once a week. And I was like, well, I'm fucking committed because I can't stand the way I'm living right now. And I felt so saturated with every toxin you can imagine. And, um, I, and I went, I went 28 days out of the next 30 and it changed my life. It just shifted my entire priority. I could no longer go out and drink because I had yoga in the morning. And in between teaching yoga or going to yoga, I had, I could only rest. I was exhausted. I couldn't even go out and day drink like we would often do here in Miami. And, um, so I would just, I would practice yoga for an hour and a half a day. I'd rest for two hours. I would go to work. And through that, I had this huge spiritual awakening because obviously when you get that much into the body and that much into the yogic philosophy, that much into mindfulness, you know, it only, you only can evolve. Um, so I, you, it's like you were immersed in that lifestyle at that job. And, and it really caused a huge change in you. That's so cool.
0: Um, And and during that, and I forgot to mention, because now that you mentioned yoga, you know, I've mm -hmm. been doing yoga for, for a long time during actually not during that time, like years before that, that, that happened to me, I did feel this shift because I started doing Bikram yoga. I started doing Bikram yoga, like four times. Do you know what Bikram yoga Mm -hmm. is? Like the hot, Hot, really, really hot, the hottest yoga. yoga and it's like 90 90 minutes Mm -hmm. so I was doing that like three times a week until the teacher started making started making me feel uncomfortable you know like I was kind of like I don't know it was something weird and I stopped doing yoga for a long time and then again I got into this like victim mode of like you know, like, kind of, like, lost, like, I really felt, like, centered when I was doing Bikram yoga, but then that shit happened, you know, and inside of the class, he was just very, like, just weird inside of the class with me, and I just stopped going, yeah, just stopped going there, and, uh, and then I guess that was, like, that was kind of, like, the beginning of, like, me feeling that, and then it stopped, and then it happened again when I, when I started working. you know, the place that I
1: told you. Yeah. So what is, you know, we talked about like how you got into the lifestyle. Let's talk about the actual lifestyle, because I think what, I think what inspires me the most about the way you approach your lifestyle and what I perceive of it. Right. Like I'm, it's only through perception. Like, I don't know the ins and outs of your everyday life, but I do know enough to know that you're not an extremist, but I used to think that you were my perception was that is extreme everything organic plant-based mostly I mean I thought you were hardcore raw vegan I think that was my (laughs) original perception you know and I think people might right they look at your Instagram it has a lot of raw or it has a lot of fruits and vegetables and you don't see a lot of meat right but I think um, the more that I've evolved in my health journey And the more I have really leaned in over the past year of what does health actually mean to me, because caveat, a young metabolism goes a long way until it doesn't. And so I was getting away with a lot until I hit like 32 and I became a mother. And so what now I used to perceive as extreme is now to me essential. And I think for a lot of people, they're having this awakening of what Preventative health means, and we're learning about the gut brain connection and the gut heart connection. And we're learning about energy bodies and pain bodies and holes in our energy, you know, aka leaky gut and things like this, right? All these syndromes. And we're really starting to learn that we actually need to eat like we have cancer or like we have an autoimmune disease to prevent those kinds of things, because we have totally normalized in our society through things like the FDA and through, um, the big pharma industry, right. That all these things are okay. All these complex carbohydrates, or not complex, all these manufactured carbohydrates and processed foods that we grow up on. So I've had to undo all this learning and really start to evaluate what I'm intaking in my life and, and bring it back to these essentials, right? So what I used to perceive as extreme and, and what I wish I I thought it was extreme, but I always wished I could be like that. And I thought, Oh, it's just natural to some people. They just grew up like that. Oh, she's, she's Latin. She probably just grew up eating so many fruits and vegetables. (laughs) Like, it's just probably so natural. She's probably never had a drink in her life, right? I think a lot of people can look at somebody like yourself in a creator, in a creator's space or an influential space and think that's just natural. It's easy for you. You're just more disciplined than me. Um, I don't need to eat that extreme. I can just add a little bit in or maybe one day, right? These were kind of thoughts that I had about uh, this organic, natural, holistic preventative lifestyle. So yeah. what what is it, you know, that top line of what you believe the way we should eat and why should we do that? Why is that so essential?
0: Um, that's a great question. And as you had, as you've had your faces, like I've also had my faces, you know, um, I used to be on this yo-yo diet, like my whole 20s was like that. And then um, I became a a health coach and I did get into a phase where I was very strict with the food that I was eating and that's fine. It's another phase. So there's like no guilt about that. And then then sometimes I was vegan. Sometimes I was, you know, like to put titles because I don't like putting titles anymore today i was like pescatarian and and all these things but it's fine because we're really exploring and experimenting everybody mm-hmm. is unique like literally everybody is unique so there's no food or or one plan that fits all like that's mm-hmm. that's 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 really impossible cuz we're all living different lives different lifestyles um many emotions, Mm -hmm. many experiences. So, so really it's like impossible that somebody is gonna be like the same all the time. Yeah. I talk about intuitive eating. So as of today, if you ask me, what do you think it's, you know, health or for food and what should everybody be eating? I feel that like the first thing we need to say is organic, me is really Mm -hmm. important like organic that's why my business is called la vida organica growing up i was eating healthy you know obviously we had like the candy and and the and all that stuff but like really like my breakfast lunch and dinner was healthy when i moved here to Mm -hmm. in 2002 to miami Um, I didn't know what was GMO, what was organic and all that. And I still used to go to like McDonald's and stuff like that. And when I started understanding about GMO and organic and all that, it was kind of like, Oh my God, that's why I feel this way. That's why I feel so inflamed. That's why I feel like more depressed than, Mm -hmm. than I should be. And, And all these things. And it just, it just woke me up. But today I would say try to eat organic as more as possible. Pesticides, GMOs, they really do affect your health and your brain. And then the second one is listen to yourself. Listen to your body. Listen to your intuition. Our body is constantly talking to us, but we don't listen to it. Why? Because we are in, in a constant Like, Oh, I have to do this. I have to pick up the girls. I have to do this. Oh my God. I have to cook. I have to, Oh my God. And we as entrepreneurs, we have, we have so much going on, Mm -hmm. but when we really listen to our body and it's by being in the present moment, we can understand, Ooh, why is it that I have this symptom? What is Mm -hmm. it that I have this? What is it that I have that? And, um, and you start making decisions. You start making your own decisions. So. There's faces in all of us, and intuitively you're gonna know when you want less meat. You're gonna know if you don't want meat. You're gonna know if you want more plants. Like nowadays, my body is craving more meat. You mm-hmm. know, whereas last year I didn't have meat at all mm-hmm. because my, I was really like rejecting, let's say, like like chicken or or meat. Like it was something that I really wasn't, you know, but now it's like my body is craving it and it's cool. It's good. Yeah, There's no guilt about that. And if I want a croissant, I'm going to go get it, you know? And if I see- But not-
1: and I think what's the, the difference, like let's articulate the difference between I want a croissant five days a week or I want a croissant because- you know, you're having an emotionally bad day, right? And what's the, what's the difference between understanding and really listening intuitively to your body and intuitive eating and compulsionary eating? Because I think for some people like that were, that phrase used to trigger me intuitive eating because I was so disconnected from really that subtle listening. And so I was like, if I intuitively eat, I'm just going to binge eat myself to death. Like, (laughs) like, yeah. I was such a, compu- I had so much compulsion. And so how do we articulate the difference between compulsion and true pleasure, desire, and um, permission from our body to, to yeah. have that croissant? Because I, yeah. I'm now in that place, but for a long time, I wasn't. Yeah. And I, I'm sure a lot of people listening are having a similar relationship with that intuition and food.
0: Yeah. So before and before going to intuitive eating, we need to understand nutrition, we need to understand what what our body needs. And we mm-hmm. need to, we need to know that eating good and healthy is, is a form of, of self love, mm-hmm. you know, we need to, we need to love our body, you know. Um, so in order to, to do that, first, you need to work on, on loving yourself as you are At this moment, because you understand energy and thoughts. So whatever we think, we create. So when we love ourselves and we know this nutritious food, we start eating more of that. Now, how can I differentiate what an impulse is versus like, ooh, I'm craving this and it's good for my soul right now. And I don't have any guilt over that. Mm -hmm. I feel that we need to first be in this presence and be conscious if there's a pattern if there's a habit created Mm -hmm. if there's like this program thing like I've Mm. been there even this year I've been there like Mm -hmm. let's say let's talk about the croissant I think about the croissant so I'm just gonna go to you know to this place to get a croissant and the next day I think about it and I'm gonna get it I'm gonna get it so I'm not when I'm eating the croissant I'm really not enjoying the croissant it's kind of like this program this habit that mm-hmm. i created to go pick up my croissants every day you know and even with an emotion oh i feel sad i'm gonna go pick up the croissant we need to really observe that so intuitive eating is not about oh whatever i want to do I'll, I'll do intuitive is really like learning about yourself and mm-hmm. really having this talk with yourself of the things that you're doing and the actions that you're doing. Mm -hmm. So there's a difference between doing that. And then one day it's like, "Mm, I'm craving a croissant, you know, and you go and you go get a croissant and you eating and there's no guilt attached, Mm -hmm. you know, you understand the process of making a croissant or making, I don't know, let's say another thing. Um, I don't know, whatever.
1: Pizza. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, the process and, and, and all of that, but it's something that it's going to make you feel pleasure at the mm-hmm. moment. And you really, really enjoying it.
1: And you're living a, in a beautiful, balanced, healthy lifestyle most of the time. Right. And you're in a great flow emotionally and you're in a great state biologically in your body and your metabolism's in a great state and you're, mm-hmm. you doing a lot of movement, right? So when we're in that balanced state and we have that pizza, we have that croissant and it is from pleasure with no guilt and shame attached, how does that affect us biologically and energetically then?
0: I feel that, and this is just kind of like my perception and my feeling, but I feel that we have the power to transform the chemistry and molecules Mm -hmm. of the food. So if you eat that food with the best intention, guess what? That's it. Next page. Don't focus on Mm -hmm. that pizza so much. Whatever you think about is what you're, you're nurturing, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you stay on that guilt and pizza mode and being like, oh, this is unhealthy. This is unhealthy. That's what's going to happen to your body. You Mm -hmm. are not going to feel healthy because you ate that pizza. But if you slowly, and this doesn't happen from one day to another, this takes practice. Mm -hmm. This takes this, this could take years, you know, but, um, and the same thing, let's say you're eating salad all the time, just because you want to lose weight, you want to lose weight. It doesn't work like that. You can be eating so many salads, Mm -hmm. but your energy and your health, it's, it's not going to be good because you're really like not connecting and not synchronizing what you really feel and know is food with what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. So for me, it really starts with just having, doing peace with the food, honestly, Mm -hmm. like not putting, this is good and this is bad. Mm -hmm. And I always talk about that. These things start from childhood. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know about you, but my dad and no judgment because you know we're all like evolving he wouldn't let me get out of the table until i finished my food and there was always these things like like i work hard for the for the food that you have on your plate or remember there's like a lot of kids that can't eat or saying things like oh eat it all because you're gonna be strong and 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 healthy and how are we gonna learn to listen to our body if they are forcing us to eat the whole plate mm-hmm. we all have different needs of energy throughout the day and like today like with Emma and Stella they already tell me mommy my how body old are is they now telling me they're three and a half and five and a half they already know they intuitively know already like mommy like I'm not hungry yet you know and even if it's 6.15 and we always eat at 6.15 and if they tell me I'm not hungry yet I'm not gonna force them to eat
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and that's how we learn and that's how we we get in a good relationship I used to hide the food just because I couldn't finish my plate I used to hide the food wow. like just kind of like hide it. I, I didn't want to eat anymore and and that gets you you start having like this kind of like fights with food and mm-hmm. ooh, the food is the reason why this is happening. And it's really not the food it's the way we see food mm. and the way we process our emotions.
1: Yeah. That's huge. That's really big. Um, mm. yeah. Samaya is five and we are at deep in like the food conversation right now. And I'm sure a lot of parents out there listening are as well. What are some of, what is some of the language that you use with your children around food?
0: It's honestly, it's a trial and error mm-hmm. and it's, it's really not easy, but our kids are our teachers. Yep. So times, times, sometimes I see, like I get goosebumps. Sometimes I see something that I said and I yep. can totally like, I just like, it's kind of like a realization of like, oh shit, my mom used to say that to me mm-hmm. or my dad used to say that to me. And then I'm like, how to fix it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like every mom is doing, every mom and dad, we're doing the best we can with the information we have. So I kind of like experiment, you know, I, 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 if they don't want to, if they want to try something and then they don't like it, it's fine. I don't force them Mm -hmm. anything. We are the example. So I drink a green juice and like Emma's more picky. She won't try it. But one day I feel like she's going to grab it. She's going to get it. She's Mm going to, she's going to like it. Let's say she likes green juices now, but she used to do that before. You know, Mm -hmm. I know one day she's, she looks at me. They look at me that I eat salads, that I eat this and that. And then sometimes like, you know, like I eat my croissant and I eat my pizza and I let them have that too, of course. Mm -hmm. So I can't pretend that if I'm eating something, I'm not going to let them eat because why?
1: For sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 One of the things that we always tell Samaya is like, listen, I mean, obvi- it's so obvious, but like, listen to your body. And then she's like, I am listening. It's still hungry, which she's eating like the cookie or something. And then, you know, without putting too much emphasis on how like creating shame around the cookie, right. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. you're going to eat a cookie in your lifetime. You're going to have still enjoy cookies and pizza and croissants throughout your life. Right. Unless you really have a crazy discipline and willpower, but um, so it's like, you know, why create this giant shame around this treat? So we say to her, you know, just listen to your body. I am listening. I am. And she's like shoving in her mouth. And meanwhile, like the cookie could be like this, you know, the size of her face and she's already eaten half. And like, I know what that's going to feel like because we've all felt like that before, right? When we have eaten too much sugar. Yeah. So I just say, okay, just take a pause for a second. Listen. Close your eyes. Listen to your body. There's sugar in that. How is that making you feel? You've eaten it really quickly. Can you take a pause and really feel? And sometimes she's like, yeah, I don't feel anything. I'm going to eat the cookie. It's like, okay, well just listen to your body. And then we move on. You know, yesterday she did that
0: at Target. She ate like this
1: three fourths of this cookie. Um,
0: but it's fine. I mean, it's, it's fine. It's, it's it's okay. Yeah. like we're we're alive, we're good, right? And mm-hmm. we ate like so much. Like I can't. Like I grew up with like Oreos and Skittles and Oh my God, Kit yeah. Kat and her. Like so. Like
1: I know now. She eats like, lo- Annie's lollipops and they're organic. You know, it's like I
0: think like they're better off yeah. than us already.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. What was I going to say? Samaya's name actually means teacher, and love it. Love it, it, it means. Her name means the promise between teacher and student, really. So it's more than just teacher. And what that means is that she is the teacher and I'm the student and vice versa. I am the teacher and she is the student. And the promise is that we will both respect that role and we'll both honor that role and we'll both make that energy exchange. So we are in the exchange all the time as parents over here as well. And the one really cool thing I find with kids is that they're so, and somebody told me this, a Miami yoga teacher told me this, uh, Rachel Novetsky told me this. I was having a really hard time breastfeeding and she said, listen, kids are so changeable. You will, you will teach them one thing, you will do something one way and you'll realize that that's not the right way and you'll change it and do another way and they'll hop on board. It takes redirection, but they'll hop on board. And I think that's the beauty of, of children. You know, we, we become more stuck in our ways as we get older, but it's like so awesome. We really can redirect and keep nurturing no matter how old your child is. If they're under the age of 28, the studies say like your mind is not really even fully "Quote unquote," developed. We can continue, obviously, to change our minds eternally as long as yeah. we have bodies, but it's very formidable still. And so yeah. that just always gives me so much reassurance okay. <laughs> as a mom, yeah. as I'm raising a woman, especially you know, in this yeah. conversation around food and health and emotions connection in connection to that.
0: Um, I love that, and and you know, I feel like as a mom. We are, and I don't think that this never ends. We're always gonna have this feeling: oh, I, I should have said this differently. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I, oh, I didn't spend enough presence time with them. Or I should like I feel like we're always gonna have this like oh I didn't I didn't do enough. Mom, but it, it's something that we need to relax because it's again having compassion with ourselves and knowing that this is the information we have, and we're mm-hmm. just like learning and and growing. Literally kids are teachers. Mm-hmm. I mean, every day, every day is kind of like a boom, I'm like oh shit. Every day.
1: It's wild. Day. How did So I wanted to switch topics a little bit. How did yeah. I feel like well you have you have like I can sense it. I feel it. I know it personally that you're creating a podcast, but I feel like there's this shift in you that's happening and it's happening, it's going to be birthed publicly. Um, and you've already started to share it over the last few years, a more spiritual conversation and you've been sharing medicine, music and harmonium. And I know you just got your yoga teacher training certification. Congratulations. Welcome to the yoga teacher club. (laughs) And, um, and, so how did this spiritual transformation happen and what how did you what what did your spiritual awakening feel like because for yeah. me it felt like an ego death oh and I've done gosh. it so many
0: times but what was like the big one like for you? yeah so I've always felt this kind of like spiritual calling you know I was like the girl that didn't fit in the most groups and and all these things and uh I've had, Like, since I was a, like, since I was a little girl, I always loved, like, mushrooms, even like, like, mushroom cartoons or, like, things with mushrooms, like me and my sister, and, and then I got into crystals and, and all these things, and I was doing, like, inner work, like, I would go to, like, therapy, I would go to, like, like, healers, like, I have a friend, and she did, like, she started doing like clavi therapy with me, and that was uh,
1: wait. What is that?
0: Clavi therapy. I don't know how to explain it. Is that like exactly. cranial sacral therapy? No, like literally, it's with like clavos. Uh, um, I don't know how to say. Like really, to like uh, like the like a tuning fork
1: yeah like a no
0: but it's not a tuning fork it's like literally if you're gonna put like an art and you need to like put it on the wall i forgot the name a nail a nail yeah yeah yeah. yeah. a nail therapy in spanish we say we say clavo it's like imagine a nail and she puts it like she puts it here and she starts like telling me like do you feel this do you feel this do you feel this? Oh, I get tingles and, uh, feeling like imagining that sensation. I want to do it and, so bad. And, and 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 a lot of them, I would feel it. And some of them, I would I wouldn't feel that she was doing that with a wow. nail. And then she was explaining there are nerves that are asleep, that are blocked, mm. and you there's something that you that you're forgetting that happened to you. There's something stuck, and she was just kind of like letting you know like doing the process and everything until the spot that i wasn't feeling the nerve boom i started feeling it and all of a sudden i remember what i was hiding to myself and to everybody and it was you know something that happened to me like in my early 20s like an abuse you know Mm -hmm. and And I needed to tell like Andreas before, I think it was, I think Stella was about to be born or something, but Stella was in my belly because I started feeling this fear of that something was going to happen to Stella. Hmm. I was having this fear, but I wasn't connecting what happened to me to, um, to, to, to this. (sighs) And And then she's like, you need to tell him and you need to just talk about it she told me and i started to do that and then my 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 inner work got deeper and deeper i started doing that like dr uh, joe dispenza like meditations and things like that but the real real awakening was in 2020 i was done of feeling that i didn't know about this unconditional love i mm-hmm. really wanted to i had a family i had my girls I had Andreas, I have my business, you know. Why do I have this empty feeling in me? Like what is it? And uh somebody told me, oh, you should do um you should do this like class. They talk about like medicinal plants, they're gonna talk about mushrooms, psychedelic mushrooms, they're gonna talk about ayahuasca about like other plants and you're going to learn so much about it and at the end of the program they do like a mushroom ceremony and that was one of the things like when I what I felt going to that um you know old job just because of the food that were going to give me Mm -hmm. that's the the impulse I felt Mm -hmm. again shit this is something I need to do I need to do it, you know. And the first class I even told them, do we get do we get to do a mushroom ceremony, you know? And and they were like, yeah, maybe, you know. It was in it was like in pandemic. It was like in 2020. It was February. Mm-hmm. So, March of 2020, I do a mushroom ceremony. It was my first time ever doing anything with, you know, like psychedelics. And uh, I was aware of how important it was and how to be like respectful with any psychedelics, you know, that I was going to journey into. And in the ceremony, I was crying all the time. They showed me like a lot of my, like my dad's like lineage, like a lot of abuse. Like there there was just like this thing that they show me and I'm very visual and it's really amazing because plants they know what works for you they know Mm -hmm. what's gonna click in you they know when you're gonna be like you know Mm -hmm. and uh, I needed to see it if somebody would have told me just by listening I wouldn't Mm -hmm. like they showed me everything and at that moment I had six years without talking to my dad Mm -hmm. because I always wanted him to be different for some way and he he didn't meet my girls And then after that ceremony, like after a week of integration, I called my dad, I went to visit him, he saw my girls, and it was just like so much love and Mm -hmm. respect for him. It was this understanding that we can only give what, with the information we have, you know, it was Mm -hmm. like this understanding, I didn't need, I, I, I didn't need to forgive him about anything. And that resentment that I had with my dad that I didn't know it was resentment because I was just like, Oh no, I don't want to be around his energy. I feel, I feel weird talking about this and I wouldn't want him to see like this kind of video, but that's what I felt. And I'm just yeah, being but I, honest.
1: But you know what? I think a lot of people feel that way about their family, whether it's their yeah. m- mother or father or extended family. I felt yeah. the same way. I really I really pulled away from specific family members in my life. And it was, you know, a gut feeling. I didn't really understand why I was doing it, but the truth was that there were toxic patterns that I didn't want to see in myself, or I didn't want to repeat. And so I really pushed them away, which is I think really important to have boundaries, right? But when there's resist, uh, resentment as well wrapped up in that, and it's not clear and you're unaware of it, and it's so subconscious, I think that's the the danger because we're carrying around that resentment, right? And, And that's so powerful. I totally resonate with that story as well because I had such a similar feeling with my father. He, I had years of resentment, and it was very clear, and I've stated the resentments to him. And- It was my relationship with microdosing psilocybin and journeying with psilocybin as well that allowed me to just let it go. Like I don't even care anymore. And in fact, I'm so grateful for the journey that I've experienced with my family and my father and the lineage that I come from. And I mean, my family's part uh, Spaniard and part Native American. And so I'm the colonized and the colonizer. And for so long, I only identified with the colonized and I felt like a victim. My, my, my yeah. DNA had been victimized. And in reality, I get to embody both of those things and integrate both of those lessons into my life and not just be an advocate for one, but really comprehend and embody both of those things because there's shadows and light to everything, right? And so through my journey with microdosing and mushrooms, um, and psilocybin, I healed like lifetimes and ancestors, pain and trauma and separation. And my dad and I have an insanely close relationship now that we never had my whole adult life. And I'm 38 years old and it only came a year or two ago as well. Um, what is your, what is your relationship like now with your father?
0: So me and my father, we have like a great relationship. It's not something that we talk like every day, mm-hmm. but when we talk, it's like, you know, how, you know, like, like you and me, we're talking, we we don't talk like every day, you know, and but like, it's
1: loving. I don't know how
0: long it's been, but it's, it's kind of like, oh, it doesn't feel, you know, that, but if I, if, if I think of him and I need to call him, like I'll call him, like mm-hmm. there's, they, I don't feel like this blockage or this, like, Oh, I have to call. No, you know, it's, it's, it's totally different. And there's something that you said, very Mm -hmm. important, the word integration. Mm -hmm. I feel that you get so much wisdom, Mm -hmm. like remembering remembrance during a ceremony or microdosing or anything. And it gives you, it opens you the door to make a difference outside of ceremony you know, Mm -hmm. because if everything that you see during ceremony, like if all the wisdom that you remember through ceremony, if you don't start making decisions and change and take action outside of that, you're going to go back to the whole. Mm -hmm. So it's really those changes. And I, I truly feel that if I wouldn't if I didn't pick up the call to call my dad and I would have just left it like, Oh, you know, I made peace with my dad and now I understand everything and I'm going to leave it like that. I feel that that's masquerading something. Mm -hmm. I was going to go back to the Mm hole and literally by calling him, picking up the phone, I kind of like took a spell away from me, you know, like this Mm -hmm. curse. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the only way you're really going to start feeling Lighter and lighter and mm-hmm. lighter and lighter within, within here, you know, yeah. and uh, I don't know, it was, it was just pretty magical. And I do, I did start feeling that unconditional love and I, I could see more just what life is and appreciating more nature and the sun and the water and the wind and the grass and mm-hmm. the trees. It was just like a lot of, a lot of connection. And we do get into, and it hasn't been like that since I did mushroom ceremony. We, we are living in a really dense dimension right now, Mm -hmm. you know, where we collectively, we get all of the, the shadows of, of, of the collective and, and, and there's things that we do still feel Mm -hmm. and we do still like, I don't like to use the word heal so much because I don't feel that we're like sick. We need to just. Let go, Mm -hmm. start making decisions and reprogram what we thought was, Mm -hmm. but it's more taking responsibility, like literally, like if I feel that I did wrong right now with someone and if it's available to me, I'm going to, I'm going to say, sorry, I'm going to apologize. And I'm going to take really like, you know, I'm going to take it in take responsibility of, of what I did. That's a good one. And I think we're missing, we're missing that a little bit Yeah. of like in more and more in the spiritual world, Mm -hmm. in the spiritual world, I feel that they, um, and, and I was an extremist in a spiritual world last year, I went down, I saw so many things, you know, and then as you evolve and as you wake up also from the spiritual illusion, which is also true, Mm -hmm. Uh, You start just realizing, oh, my God, I can do whatever the fuck I want here and now. Mm -hmm. I already know what I am, who I am. I'm going to have fun and, and, you know, try not like not to hurt. And I say try not to hurt anybody because sometimes we do it unconsciously. Mm -hmm. There's things that we're still working on. And then we realize like, oh, shit, you know, but I just... You know, I just awoke my sensuality, my my having fun, my I don't know. It's been it's been a really powerful journey, and in the spiritual community, a lot of the times so you can see like
1: there's oh, no, so much you don't, dogma. You don't,
0: you don't you don't need to apologize because if you want, and I'm like you don't need to what of course you need to apologize there's
1: there's dogma on this side which is almost like religion and then there's spiritual bypassing on this side which is like lack of accountability and like you have like (gasps) every shade in between and it's cuckoo and one of the big it's funny because one of the big triggers to start this podcast was to like have these really rebellious rants about like what the fuck is actual spirituality like We are spiritual beings when we start labeling it and naming it and creating all these rules and the dogma around it, we're just moving back into another religion, which is a human program. So sure.
0: Like there's, it's, it's, it's just, it's so much. And honestly, since we're all spiritual beings There is like, so like, how, how dark are you or how light are you? You know, like you can be a spiritual being, but being a very dark vibration right now, you know, like we all have that. Mm -hmm. We all have like the light and the darkness, like the shadow. Shadow work is something that I talk about so much too. If you keep hiding your shadow, then that's when... You're gonna feel like so much triggers with with everybody. They're showing you what your shadow is. Yeah. When you start like recognizing those shadows, and not feel guilty about it, it's it's kind of like a liberation. You feel, oh my god, yeah, I am this, but I'm also this, and and who cares, you mm-hmm. know? I always say, just put a leash on your shadow. Oh, put I love out, that. Take it to a walk, but have a leash on it. So. Mm-hmm. Like we control the shadow, not letting the shadow control us.
1: It's like riding a horse. You like rein it in, sit on it and you control it. I love that. Thank you, Giselle, Mm -hmm. so much for sitting down with me for your time. I feel like there could be a total part two and we could dig into spirituality. Um, Yes. I love you. Thank you. Love
0: you too. Thank you so much for having me here. Love talking to you. And yeah, there's more, more much to talk about.
1: So I will link... A bunch of amazing things for from Giselle in the show notes, like her seven-day reset, her website, and where to find her. And just stay tuned because she has a podcast coming out. Do you have a name for it?
0: Yeah, but I'm not gonna tell
1: it okay. right now. Yay. Okay. <laughs> just sit tight. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you.
0: Mwah. Mwah. Thank you so much. Bye,
1: so every week we have a reoccurring segment and I share my favorite things tangible products to use, things to walk away with, and above and beyond the inspiration of these podcasts. Think, read, shop, grab, and do. Think. I read a quote that said, "We should be eating like we've are, like we already have cancer or an autoimmune disease. It was poignant, bold, and held back nothing in that one little statement. Lately, I've been really digging back into nutrition. I went into I, I previously went to health coaching school. I didn't love coaching around health. However, I appreciate what I learned. I think the one thing people miss about health is the understanding of how our biology actually works, nutrition. We wait until we have a symptom or a diagnosis or overweight, sometimes underweight, to take back our health. However, what I have however, what I have been really leaning into is working preventatively. I grew up on an American diet, quote unquote soda pasta packaged products I had an amazing metabolism that was genetics but age caught up with me aside from my physical appearance I want to feel good I want my body to feel strong light energetic I believe we've normalized much of I believe we have normalized so much of packaged and highly produced foods eating out sauces with sugar sweets alcohol etc that we are so far off track from what is truly healthy What to do? What would it mean to eat like you had cancer? It would mean feeding your machine food that would cause healing, not just food you could get away with eating or work off. If you want to hear more about this topic, feel free to let me know. We can dive further in. Do. I am obsessed with Dr. Zach Bush. He is a physician specializing in internal medicine, endocrinology, and hospice care. He is an internationally recognized educator and a leader on microbiome as it relates to health disease, and food systems. Dr. Zach founded Seraphic Group and the nonprofit Farmers Footprint to develop root cause solutions for his human and ecological health. His passion for education reaches across many disciplines, including topics such as the role of soil and water in ecosystems and human gen- genomics, immunity, gut brain health, and gut brain health. His education is next level. He has over 12 free webinars that will shift your perspective on healing. Take a look and I'll leave the link in the show notes. Grab Giselle is known for her seven day reset. She has been hosting these detoxes for over six years and has had thousands of men and women go through them. They are in Spanish. So if you are Spanish speaking, this one's for you. I'll leave the note. I'll leave the link here. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to download, share, and subscribe. And if you want to hear more on these specific or on any specific topic, please let me know. Thank you for listening.